We live in a world filled with crushing despair, brokenness, and pain. Each day we are bombarded with troubling news from around the world, and the worries reach their ugly claws deep into our minds, intent on robbing us of all joy. How is one expected to stay in a place of hope when life is just so hard? Is it even possible? I'm here to tell you that it is. Friend, if you are needing a fresh infusion of hope, you have come to the right place. So grab a cup of coffee, your Bible, and a notepad, because I want you to take some notes. Hope is about to come calling, and this is a visit you don't want to miss. Welcome to Walking on Water, where our focus is to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. What's the storm in your life? I'll never say that it's easy, but Jesus changes our perspective. He gives us courage to do life differently, to throw off the victim mentality that threatens to drown us in our pain, and he gives us the tools we need to live a victorious life. I'm your host, Lynette Carpenter. Let's discover more about the power-filled, faith-filled life Jesus invites us to live. Hello, welcome, friends. I'm so glad that you are joining me on this quest for hope today. But first of all, if this is your first time here, I want to say welcome. I am so honored to have you join in. Every episode of the Walking on Water podcast is prayed over with a desire to bring fresh ideas, encouragement, and hope for you as a listener. So please hit that follow button and never miss an episode. So this week, while I was preparing for the podcast, the Holy Spirit kept interrupting my plans. (laughs) Don't you love when that happens? But God's ways are higher than our ways. So I am feeling prompted to shift my attention from the direction I was going to go to focus on the subject of hope. As I said in the opening, we are bombarded every day with difficult circumstances. The news is bad. And on top of that, we are overwhelmed with all the shoulds and shouldn'ts that come our way. It's so hard to keep up with the needs and expectations of everyday life while also taking in the steady stream of negative information flooding our news feeds. And we're seeing that toll it's taking on our mental and physical health. As hard as it is on us, our children are dealing with anxiety and depression at an all-time high, and suicide rates are a sad reminder of how difficult life is for so many. But I am not here to tell you all that because you know it already. I'm not here to focus on that issue or give you more reasons to feel discouraged or in despair. I'm here to offer a solution to this plague of hopelessness. First, we're going to start by identifying what triggers hopelessness for you as an individual. We are all different and approach life with our own unique perspectives, right? And two, our capacity for managing difficulties is just as unique to us as individuals. So what brings me to the end of my rope is different than your breaking point, for example. Does that make sense? It's not wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just different. And as we mature through life, that capacity changes, I have noticed. Um, I've seen it grow, the capacity to take on greater hardships. I've seen that grow in my life. For example, the stressors that I hear about from a teenager, such as 
um, their schoolwork or sports, those types of deadlines, um, those change once they reach adulthood because now there's bills to pay or children to raise or a marriage situation to deal with. So you see what I mean? We adjust and we grow and we accommodate and we make room for more heavier, harder things, right? But as I've learned and I'm continuing to learn, we aren't created to carry such a great weight. So while my own capacity for hard stuff has its good days, I have found that after suffering burnout, healing is a lot longer and slower process than it used to be. And I'm not completely sure that we ever get back to a place of being as good as new. And maybe that's okay, because as I said, we're not created to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. I mean, consider this. While our lives should have improved with the dawn of the industrial age, I mean, think about it. We've got, I've got a robot vacuum and washers and dryers and dishwasher, not washers. I just have one. One washer, one dryer, a dishwasher, um, you know, my robot vacuums the house for me. And microwave, all of these things, instant pots, should have made our lives easier. But here we are having more stress, more busyness, and more burned out than ever before. On top of that, the amount of world news we have access to on a moment-by-moment basis compared to any generation in history is incomparable. I mean, our grandmothers could not have imagined the flood of bad news we can consume on a daily basis, and that wasn't even all that long ago. So what do we do about it? First of all, we have to recognize that we are not victims. That victim mentality, it has got to go. As a believer, it is our responsibility to maintain our individual level of hope. Did you catch that? I can't rely on you or anyone else, not even my husband or my children, to be my constant source of hope. Nor can you get that from me. When we rely on other people, places, and things to provide hope, we are choosing to be dependent on that which has the ability to fail us. Pay attention to what your first response is when you feel discouraged. What is it? Do you know what it is? What do, you, what do you go to when you are needing comfort? I've been thinking about this lately, um, thinking about the amount of times in a day where I might pick up my phone and wondering at how much of that is just a, is it a stemming from boredom? I don't think so because I never seem to get bored. <laughs> wanting to check out of the current situation, or am I seeking comfort? I haven't figured it out, but it's something I'm thinking about. So do you grab your phone and start scrolling, or are you searching the news feeds, hoping for some good news? Or maybe you go for a run, or go shopping, or snack on chocolate, or turn on SportsCenter, or see how many likes or comments you've gotten on your last post. Hopelessness, though, it leaves us hungry It leaves us hungry for what? For hope, right? And it's easy to fall into a habit of temporarily satisfying that hunger with that which brings a measure of comfort. But what do we do when that satisfaction fades away? 
How do we do what I mentioned earlier, and that is maintain our personal level of hope? For example, I have dealt with chronic headaches for years, and as I've aged, they have only gotten worse. So a while back, I heard about a hormone treatment and eventually signed myself up. And girl, the difference those treatments have made for me is like night and day. I seldom experience headaches anymore. And until one day not too long ago, the dosage ran out and I was right back where I had started. Why? Because I haven't been healed. I've only found a temporary fix. It's not authentic. It's synthetic. And so often in life, we look for something quick and easy to free us from the pain and discomfort of the moment. Synthetic hope gets us through today, but it isn't something that can bring hope that lasts no matter what. And I don't know about you, but I want a hope that is here to stay. It is exhausting. It is so tiring to find hope that lasts for a moment and then have to turn around and go searching for it all over again in some new way. So where do we find authentic hope? Let's start again with that self-reflection. Remember earlier when we talked about what triggers you to lose your hope and battle that dark pit of hopelessness? The psalmist deals with this in Psalms 42, where we find him asking his soul why it's downcast. Isn't that interesting? He begins by describing a soul that is yearning for God and how he finds himself in this place of deep grief. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. Can you relate to that? And with the tears comes the question of, where is your God? That's what the psalmist writes. Have you found yourself in that place where you can remember the days where you once joyfully shouted the praises of the Lord and now here you are feeling hopeless and alone? But not only does the psalmist ask himself why he's downcast in soul, he also tells himself what to do about it. And that is, put your hope in God. Psalms 42, I want you to write that down because I want you to go back and reread that. And therein lies the key, put your hope in God. Unlike the synthetic hope we talked about, hope in God is enduring, always available, and never fails. I can, hear, I can hear you already. It's easy for you to say, Lynette, right? I can hear your accusations from the ones who are deep in a pit of despair even now. And I get it. I do. I get the feeling of, of being in those darkest of nights. I remember those feelings. I've been there. I know the feelings of hurt and betrayal, of feeling afraid and feeling alone. I remember the raw, guttural tears that come with feeling as though I had been giving my all and was still allowed to experience the deep sting of grief. And it feels so unfair. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Well, I could give an angry list of reasons why. The idea of hoping again seemed foreign and unavailable to me when I was in that place. But here is the thing. I realize I have discovered, I have experienced that it is impossible to enter the presence of God and remain in a state of hopelessness. It is, I promise you. When you quiet your mind and require your attention to become fully focused on the presence of Jesus, all of that hurt and anger and fear, all of that negative stuff, it is drowned out by the overwhelming presence of his hope. Why? 
because it's when we acknowledge his presence that we allow him access into our mind, our spirit, and our soul. And when his spirit lives within us, hopelessness can't stay because he is not hopeless. It's not a part of his nature. When the presence of God dwells inside of us, fear has to go. Anxiety has to leave. Because if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it gives you, he's giving you his life. It is the process of surrendering myself and my ways to his will and his ways. And his will and his ways are always better than mine. Okay, fine, but then why is there still suffering, you ask? Well, believe it or not, his hope inside of me gives me a motive for suffering. Crazy, isn't it? it it's like this. As women, most of us know that the, the experience of pregnancy. We know that getting pregnant will result in pain no matter what. It is virtually impossible to not to become not pregnant, to give birth, or to even experience a miscarriage. But there's going to be a measure of pain no matter what, right? Even with all the pain medications in the world, like there's going to be pain at the you know one end or the other. <laughs> You're going to experience some pain, whether it's during birth or afterwards. Probably both. Yet. Millions of women today continue to dream of getting pregnant and having a baby because the dream of holding our child, that future hope of holding that child in our arms, it gives us a motive for suffering. We're willing to suffer for that future hope. Does that make sense? Another example would be to want to shed a few pounds, right? So we're willing to, we have a motive to suffer by giving up that slice of chocolate cake because we want to fit in our jeans a little bit better or a willingness to stay up and pray through the night for a loved one because of the hope that we have that they will experience the power and peace of knowing God. So while we can live with suffering, we can do so while filled with hope. Bill Johnson says, you cannot spend time in the presence of God and walk away feeling hopeless. When I am aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, hope grows. Isn't that beautiful? Bill went on to say that hope is the product of surrender. It is yielding to the reality of who God is. Consider this. When we focus on the thing that causes us to feel hopeless, it has the potential to become our idol, especially when it affects our daily lives. The measure of hopelessness we feel can act as a gauge to reveal to us the distance we have allowed to come between us and God. With all this knowledge, why would we ever choose to stay in a place of hopelessness? Why are you downcast? Why? What is the trigger point for you? What are you running to to find hope? Hear me now. There is a huge struggle for so many today who are desperate for acceptance, for beauty, for love, for a place to belong. That isn't wrong. God created us to love and be loved. 
But don't fall for the synthetic version when he offers the real deal. Your worth is too great to allow it to be measured by those who cannot fully appreciate the value of who you are. Don't give others access to who you are until you have taken time in the presence of God to hear his determination of what he feels and thinks and says about you. Hope is so tightly wrapped up in our identity. We feel hopeless because we feel powerless to change our situations and circumstances. But here is the thing. When we spend time with our Father, He reminds us of who we are in Him. And even if the worst of the worst on this earth were to happen, we can still have hope because the promise we have is to one day spend eternity with Him. And imagine what that will be like to be with Him, to be free from the worries and pains and fear and stress of this life. And just to be in his presence and to know how loved we truly are. But until then, we have the promises that we can find in his word. And I challenge you. I double dog dare you to start writing down every verse you can find about hope. And then stay in a place of hopelessness at the same time. I dare you to try it. Moms and dads. We work most of our lives and hope to be able to leave something of value for our children. And today I am reminding us all that there is one inheritance we can give them that can be multiplied in our lifetime and handed down for generations to come. And that is this gift of hope. Too long, many of us have lived with a victim mindset, our eyes searching for doom and gloom, leaving us living as orphans without hope. But this is not the lifestyle Jesus died so we could live. God's word is filled with verses that are contrary to that. Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Listen to this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. Isn't that nice, right? (laughs) We can rejoice. Oh, good. Here comes some problems and trials because that means I'm getting some endurance and endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Start that journal today. Start it right now. Fill it with the promises of God's hope that is available to you. Keep it close by. Stare at them so much. Stare at those promises so much that it's like staring at a light bulb. And when you look away, it alters everything you see. It it affects everything that you see in the world around you. Get along with God. Wait for hope to appear. Get hungry for his presence like a deer panting for streams of water. And don't substitute it with a synthetic hope. Wait for the real deal.
close today's session by reading a favorite passage of mine. It's one I turn to when life is heavy and hard to bear, and I think you'll see why. You'll find this in the Book of Lamentations. It says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope. Quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. Why? Because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, he also works tenderly. His stockpiles of loyal love are immense. Don't give up, friend. The storehouses of heaven are stockpiled full of hope. Let's ask God to give you that hope today. Father God, I thank you that you are our source of hope. And I ask for each person who's listening right now, who's in a place of desperation and needing to hear from you and needing your hope, God. I pray that you would help them to know that this, this, this week, was put together for them a message from heaven, from you, from your heart, straight to them, to say, rise up, child, I'm here to give you hope. And so God, when they are faithful, when each listener is faithful, to quiet their minds and their hearts and their and their lives, to be in your presence, waiting for hope to appear, Holy Spirit, would you come now and fill them with your hope. Fill each one with your hope and give them purpose and joy and a reason to live, a reason to live again, God. And not only that, God, that it would give them a motive for suffering, knowing that Christ in us is the hope of glory. I thank you, Father, for your word and for your promises and that you never fail, you never leave, you never walk away, you never, um, you never let us down, God. And you are with us as we walk through the difficult seasons of our life. I thank you, God, for that. You are so good. You are so powerful. You're so mighty. You're so wonderful. And I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a moment to share this with a friend or on your social media accounts. In fact, tag me on Instagram and I'll be sure to reshare it on my stories. Also, don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode. I hope that you were encouraged and inspired today. Always remember... Your life has purpose, you have value, you are loved, and with Jesus, you can rise above your storm. Get out of the boat, friend. Let's walk on water.